you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. History, it seems, is being made almost every day in this country. Certainly a lot of news as well, and most of it not particularly helpful to sunny, rosy outlooks and buoyant moods. But hey, we're Americans. We can handle it all, and more, I'm sure. But let's take care of what we have on our plates right now. What do you think? We don't want to run the risk of running too far over our quota of challenges and threats. President Biden continues to make history. He's been given credit for stopping a threatened strike by 50,000 railroad workers who would have slowed our economy even more. He reportedly called into the meeting as the evening negotiations were wearing on and helped stake out a tentative deal. And what a deal it is. 24% pay raises over a period of five years retroactive to 2019. With $1,000 annual cash bonuses and back pay, those rail workers will be receiving, after the deal is ratified, about $11,000 apiece and raises of about 6% a year from there on. Pretty rich when you think about what's happening to pay raises all around this country. But then there is that more than 8% inflation rate that's ripping through the economy now. Tough times, but less so for these union workers whose average pay will be about $110,000 a year by 2024. Now, Joe, why don't you fix that runaway inflation you caused with those massive spending programs over the past 20 months? That would be a good deal for the other 155 million workers in this country. Speaking of this puppet president, his vice presidential records on meetings with his son Hunter and brother James are in the National Archives. But guess what? The National Archives won't release those records. The Biden crime family, it seems, is protected by even the librarians. And why isn't anyone in the national corporate media demanding those Biden records? And what about Biden's records from his Senate career? Records that are buried in the University of Delaware files and sealed from prying eyes for just about eternity, it seems. No one gets access without Biden's express permission. I suppose that will include even the ever-protective Biden FBI and DOJ. And speaking of the FBI, one of the top FBI officials leading what some call the plot to overthrow the president, but others call it the Russian collusion hoax investigation of President Trump. Well, that fellow is now under investigation himself. And guess what? It sounds like Russian collusion, but for real, no hoax. The Daily Mail reporting the FBI's ex-head of counterintelligence is being investigated for doing business with a sanctioned Russian oligarch, Oleg Deripaska, a Putin pal. He's not charged with a crime, but he is, says the Mail, the target of a federal grand jury. Yet another scandal for the FBI, for the scandal-plagued and politically corrupt FBI and DOJ. 
Our guest today worked as a special agent of the FBI for 20 years. He is as appalled as any of us about what's happened to his once-storied agency. Our guest is Greg Schaefer. He's a security expert and consultant. His firm is SchaeferSecurityGroup.com. Greg is the author of the book, Stay Safe, Security Secrets for Today's Dangerous World. Greg has trained more than 20,000 people how to assure their personal safety. Greg, great to have you here. Welcome to The Great America Show. Let's start with your former agency. It seems like the FBI is committing more crimes than it's solving. Your thoughts as you watch one scandal after another. Well, Lou, it, it, it hurts the soul. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, you know, I still have many friends in the FBI that I've talked to quite regularly, and most of those field agents uh, have the concerns that I have and that America has, and that is what's happening to the FBI. Uh, it has become a political pawn, it seems like, for this administration. Uh, it, it just, as a former agent, you know, I, I, I bleed FBI blue, uh, and I think it's the greatest law enforcement agency to ever exist. And what has hap- happened in the last few years it's, it's just, it's, it's heart-wrenching. Uh, it is, I think, to all of us who, you know, who, who grew up, I, 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 I guess three generations of FBI agents uh, that I've, I've known, uh, and as a cub reporter watching what the, F, the FBI was doing, whether it's on the border or whether it is uh, working to defend the, the nation uh, in a, you know, a dozen different ways, it is just very tough. Uh, and to think that the FBI is, after all that Donald Trump went through from the, before he was president, throughout his term in office and following on as in his post-presidency, it's we're entering the seventh year of political persecution of a president. And it's as if no one in the Justice Department, no one in the FBI understands that this man has been found to have done absolutely no wrongdoing of any kind. That while the FBI has had four consecutive directors who've lied to Congress, who've lied to the American people, and it's a demonstrable fact. And the number of people involved in the frame-up of uh, General Michael Flynn, uh, the attempted frame-up of President Trump, the list goes on, as you well know, through two impeachments, a special counsel. What is what has gripped that agency in your best judgment that would permit it to behave, to conduct itself in this, in this ugly manner? Well, I think a lot of the loot comes down to leadership. I think the last three or four directors, you know, starting with Mueller and, and then Comey and now Ray, it's just this lack of leadership. Um, they're in it for their own benefit. They're not in it for the nation. They're not in it for the FBI agents. I think the last, director that was supportive of the, of the agent and really had the, the support of all the field agents was Louis Free. You know, he was referred to as the agent's director. And uh, I had the privilege, privilege of uh, receiving my credentials and my badge upon graduation from the FBI Academy from Director Free. And, and he was the last one, you know, uh, in the story history of the FBI that I think uh, was in it for the right reason. You know, you, you look at the most recent, you know, FBI action at Mar-a-Lago conducting that search of, of uh, former President Trump's residence and, and how that was done and, and, the, um, and the lies being told still about that. I mean, is it national security or is it just 
some records for the National Archives. Uh, was it exigent? Well, if it was exigent because there were nuclear weapons secrets being, you know, held in, a, in an unsecured location, then why was it that the FBI didn't execute the warrant until Monday when the magistrate signed it on Friday? And if it was so important too, why would the DOJ go to a magistrate and not a district judge to sign off on a warrant that was to be executed on a former president's residence? I mean, there's just so much misinformation, miscommunication, and, and just outright lies that are happening, uh, you know, from the FBI seventh floor. And, and again, I do want to reiterate that a vast majority of the field agents in the FBI are solid, patriotic Americans who just want to do one thing, and that's put bad people in jail and protect America. I have to be direct about this. I, for a, a good while, was questioning whether or not even that uh, was true, that is, the rank-and-file agents. Uh, and until we had these whistleblowers start stepping forward, uh, I truly was in great doubt. But now I think hope, uh, hope is rekindled, uh, faith is rekindled, uh, that we're seeing these agents risk their careers and uh, their livelihoods uh, to let the American people know and this government know what has been transpiring and the ugly political corruption that reaches across the entire Department of Justice. There is no sacrosanct uh, corner uh, of the Department of Justice that is immune uh, to this uh, awful, uh, po toxic, poisonous political corruption uh, that has invaded it beginning, I know not when, but certainly over the past decade. Oh, absolutely. There's absolutely zero transparency being conducted right now by either the DOJ or even the FBI. Uh, you know, the, the affidavit that uh, was sworn to by the agent who went to the magistrate to get that search warrant signed from Mar-a-Lago, the affidavit needs to be released because that will tell the American public exactly what was said and done in June with the president, what they were looking for, you know, and it will easily define whether or not there was overreach or not by the government because that affidavit should specifically detail what it is they were looking for. And, and we're finding out, you know, just in the last day or two, the amount of documents that were seen by the FBI that had nothing to do with quote unquote nuclear weapon information or any information about the National Archives that, that they're looking for. I mean, they had uh, what, medical records seized, tax records, attorney client records. So uh, that transparency just isn't there. And if the Department of Justice wants to gain some their reputation back, then they yeah. need to be very transparent and release that affidavit. It, it is, and by the way, to your point, those documents numbered over 500 pages of client attorney privilege right. yeah. alone. Now, forget about executive privilege and, as you said, medical records, financial records. This is an outrage and an overreach, and we know why it is now taking some time. We're talking about, we're looking at uh, five weeks now since the raid, uh, which occurred on the 8th of last month, and uh, nothing much has really happened here. Uh, they're going, they being the Justice Department, has decided to slow their role because they right now understand that there is an immense public backlash against them. Yeah. The, the most recent polling shows most Americans want Biden impeached because he's lied again. He lied about not giving the order 
to the National Archives and the Department of Justice, uh, Merrick Garland, for his part, also lying as the Attorney General because he was directly involved. In a court, and everyone knew it. These are stupid lies. These are silly lies uh, that you know are unworthy of children, let alone two of the top, the top official of the government and and one of the top officials. This is a bizarre moment in history. What do you think? Oh, well said. <laughs> Very bizarre. Uh, you know, and, and, and now it's just that it's attorneys fighting attorneys where nothing's really happening. Everything's just frozen in time right now. And I think that's to the government's benefit because they don't want the truth to come out this close to the midterms. Um, you know, every FBI agent, you know, is trained to use the least intrusive method, you know, method possible when executing a search warrant. And, and you're, you're given a copy of the affidavit and you're briefed before the operation to do the warrant of what they're looking for. And for the agents to take and seize, like you said, 500 pages of, of client privilege material, uh, client attorney, uh, attorney client privilege material, as well as tax records and, and, uh, and uh, medical records. I mean, that's unconscionable. I mean, these searches, they're done very methodically. Everything is, is recorded. Uh, they're given a barcode. It's, it's documented uh, ad nauseum. And there's just no excuse for the agents to have taken those kind of records when the search warrant was for national archive records or you know nuclear uh, weapon uh, information. And again, and we don't know which one it is. Is it national archive records or is it nuclear weapon secrets? What is it they were looking for? Because uh, we haven't seen the affidavit. So we really don't know. And there's so much misinformation coming from the Justice Department. They change their, their, their tune every five minutes. There's it, no it, consistency. They are in real. I think that there is great desperation that has swept at least the top officials of the Justice Department and the FBI. I believe they're fully conscious now of their overreach and having acted out of arrogance that they would never have a consequence as a result of misjudgment or a, an illegal criminal act. Uh, I don't don't know whoever whoever decided on this was the the course of action to take was was one of the greatest missteps in in political maneuvering. I mean, uh, you know, what kind of, you know, who thought that this would be a great idea and the American public would see this as something honorable and and righteous? You know, this just just stinks of political maneuvering and, and, and vindictiveness. I mean, this is a sitting president, and I guarantee you, the President of the United States, Biden, knew exactly everything about this warrant before it was executed. There's no way the FBI would have done this on a, on a former president without the sitting president knowing about it. There's no way. But for him to make that political move and think it would work in his benefit, I, I don't see how anybody can look at that and say, this is going to work out well for me. The, uh, the judge uh, in the making a decision on the special master in her 24-page order Again, did did the fools who did this, and I include that, by the way, let me be very clear. I'm starting with the number, number one fool is Joe Biden, as per usual. Number two fool is Merrick Garland. Uh, Christopher Wray uh, is just waiting for another chance to smir- smirk smugly at the cameras as he sits before Congress and the Senate to explain himself, but I think he's in huge trouble as well. So it, it, it's just... 
doesn't make any sense that they they had to know that their role in all of this would be reveal, revealed. Uh, we know that this judge uh, is she has really rolled back uh, the curtain considerably just in her order. Uh, presiding district court judge Aileen Cannon, who, by the way, is a Trump appointee held that the Department of Justice cannot review for criminal investigative purposes any of that material uh, mm -hmm. or any of those documents until there is a full review process to undertake it. She also makes it clear, ladies and gentlemen, this is something. We have a district court judge who is calling it as she sees it and doing so because, knowing full well that there will be immense consequences and attempts at retribution against her. But she's saying point blank, the taint, so-called taint squads uh, and teams for the FBI that are to preserve uh, privileges and rights of the uh, mm -hmm. of, of the suspect or target failed horribly. It was a joke. All of that material was turned over to the the investigating team of FBI agents after the taint teams had gone through it. Uh, that's got to ha leave you stunned. <laughs> and then a lot of that information was released to the uh, the media as well. So yeah, the, the the tank teams are only as good as the people that they assign on the tank team. And if you have corrupt leadership in the FBI, uh, they're going to appoint people uh, that follow in their in their in their step. Um, you know, the perfect example of that is uh, Peter Strzok. You know, and, and Mueller assigning Peter Strzok to the to the team that was reviewing uh, the Bush inclusion hoax, uh, you know, back in uh, 2016 or so. Um, so, yeah, those tank teams, I've been members of tank teams before on other uh, high visibility um, uh, search warrants. And uh, again, they're only as good as the people assigned to them, but uh, to have a, a, a somebody um, assigned you know, outside the bureau to take a look at it is the right course of action. Yeah. And, and you mentioned Christopher Ray as well. I mean, uh, his, he's, he's a feckless leader, and most of the FBI agents do not care for him and certainly don't respect him. Um, I'm surprised that he was selected by President Trump. Uh, I think at the time when he was appointed, the FBI needed a very strong leader, somebody who understands the concept that the buck stops here, because when Ray was appointed director of the FBI, the reputation of the FBI was in shambles, and it still is today. And a, a, a good, strong leader appointed at that time could have turned the agency around. Instead, it's just continuing down that slippery slope of political correctness and wokeness uh, that needs to be stopped. And my fear is, if Ray is dismissed, what's the alternative? Then we have Joe Biden appointing somebody even worse. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden, I, I will make this prediction. Joe Biden will never again appoint a confirmed official to the top of a department or agency. I believe that this is uh, from uh, November 9th on. I believe this is the turning point uh, that uh, the country desperately needs uh, and has awaited. This is a president who is obviously impaired. He's compromised uh, with the help of Bill Barr and the FBI and the intelligence agencies. We now know with, uh, without a doubt uh, that they changed history and made it possible for him to win uh, the election of 2020 in so many different ways, uh, whether it's uh, mail-in balloting, 
well, whether it's machines, we don't know. Uh, but we don't know anything because Bill Barr, the attorney general, is the one who said, well, there was no widespread fraud. But we also know there was no investigation of any kind. And we also know that the month before he said those things, or almost two months before he said those things, he was saying there is pervasive fraud. There is great danger in this election. He was talking primarily about mail-in balloting, but he was acknowledging that what a uh, a tinderbox uh, we were sitting on sociologically and politically in this country as we approached that election. And it came to pass because we know it was rigged. Yeah, I think Bill Barr's reputation uh, is, is damaged beyond repair, not from anything other than what he has said himself and his okay. and his quick turnarounds and his varying opinions and how quickly they change that he he has done so much damage to his own reputation it's irreparable in my eyes and you're referring to the fact that for three years he was talking about the cheating the illegality yep. uh, and, and the fraud of the fbi and justice department itself as they pursued president trump baselessly and now talking as though the Department of Justice and the FBI are filled with saints uh, and, and never a sinner. I mean, it's exactly. a, as you say, it's just a crazy turnaround. What do you think's behind it? <laughs> I, I don't even want to venture a guess. I mean, do they have you know some dirt on him? I, I don't know. It, it seems such a, a 180 on what he you know believed happened you know in the election three years ago or two years ago and what he's saying now publicly. It's just it, it, none of it makes sense to me. I don't think it makes sense to anybody who's listened to him. And that's why I said it, I think his credibility is shot because it's nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense to me uh, uh, how he can, again, just have a 180 degree view on what he said publicly just a few years ago or a couple years ago. Yeah, it is. It is remarkable. And and to look at now the the 35 to 50 MAGA supporters who have reportedly been raided by the FBI in, in the last 48 hours for no apparent reason with wide, apparently just very broad search warrants, apparently approaching that of the Mar-a-Lago search warrant uh, and uh, seizure uh, documents. I, I, this is this. Did you ever think? that you would hear uh, all sorts of commentators uh, and, and politicians referring to the FBI now as the Marxist Dems, uh, uh, Gestapo. I, I, it's, people are I mean, I remember when that, the, the Jewish Defense League would be coming down to people's heads for doing that. But that's precisely what's happening because of the way in which the FBI is now conducting itself. You're absolutely right. And I said uh, at the very beginning, it, it truly hurts my soul. Uh, I, I absolutely was incredibly proud of my 20 years in the FBI. I, I traveled the world with the hostage rescue team on operations in Iraq and Pakistan and, and, and Somalia and traveled the world and think it was the greatest uh, you know, law enforcement agency uh, ever known to mankind. It was beyond reproach. It, it had no political... Um, biases at all. You, you work the investigation and let the chips fall where they may. And for this agency now to be tainted the way it is by just this horrific leadership over the last three directors, 
and this political correctness seeping in, uh, even to its, you know, agent ranks. It, it's just, it's, it's crushing. It just, and there's no way to put it. it. It hurts my heart. It hurts my soul. I went from being somebody who was very proud to be an FBI agent to somebody who now doesn't talk about it a lot to anybody, especially strangers. They ask me what I used to do. I don't tell them I used to be an FBI agent anymore. And before, I was just very proud to say that. So it, well, that, a lot of things need to change. A lot of things need to change. It really does. And, and it starts at the top. And I just don't think Christopher Ray is the one to make that change because it's got to be it's got to be from the top down. It's got to be somebody, like I said, who understands that the buck stops with him or her. They need to be a strong leader. They need to be out there visiting in the 56 field offices, getting in front of the agents, finding out what they want, what they need, supporting them, and politics be damned. Now, it wouldn't it be nice to have that be the expression uh, that you would hear from the next FBI director? I, I have to say, I don't know that if I think this is going to have to go much farther than a replacement for Christopher Ray. I think that the I don't think I know uh, that for this country to to ever have any regard again for the Department of Justice and for the FBI, there is going to have to be a wholesale house cleaning of its leadership. And I don't know how many floors of the FBI that will be, but it will be considerable. And I'm sure it'll reach out to the field offices as well, where there seems to have been some sort of asset training program going on uh, between management and those uh, field office director assignments. Uh, it, it, it This has just been a, a cancer that has uh, spread throughout the organization. Yeah, it, it truly is because, uh, and, and here, here's how it spreads, Lou. The director hand selects the 56 field offices SAC, special agent in charges. So each 56 field office is, is have, have an SAC appointed and hand selected by the director. Those SACs then hand select their ASACs, their assistant special agents in charges. And some offices have 10 ASACs, some offices have two ASACs, depending on how large they are. But they're also hand selected. <clears throat> and, and then the supervisors who run the each squads, they're selected by the ASACs. So it's a, it's a self-perpetuating cancer once you, you know, get that mindset uh, of political correctness and wokeness or whatever this is that is creating this mess, then it just, again, metastasized because each individual then picks their own follower and you know, they pick the like-minded, of course. And as you say that, it's no wonder that uh, the Michigan uh, governor Whitmer <laughs> kidnapping scandal case, uh, I guess it was a scandal before it was a case, uh, the FBI... Uh, supervising agent uh, who put that all together, that frame up of uh, some of those people in Michigan uh, who got, who luckily got off, uh, two did not, but uh, he was then moved to Washington to take up that field office and is actually the person involved uh, in the Mar-a-Lago uh, 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 escapade uh, and outrage. It, it, just to support what you're saying, it's just, it's just, it's a system that is, Toxic uh, across across the breadth of the uh, of the of the FBI, the department, this National Security Department, uh, it, its role in this is also uh, incredible, and it's it, to me it seems, and I'll give you my straightforward view, 
I believe the National Security Division has got to be ripped out of the FBI. It doesn't belong, and that function doesn't belong in the United States. What do you think? Well, that was uh, the question that was posed when they created National Security uh, Division. Um, you know, you look at other countries like England. They have uh, you know MI5 and MI6. They have a domestic intelligence agency and they have an overseas intelligence agency. You know, so it's like uh, you know their CIA, their MI6 is their CIA or our CIA. Their MI5 is the National Security Division, the FBI. So, uh, and Australia has the same thing. They have a domestic intelligence terrorism agency, and then they have the Australian Federal Police, and then they have another agency that does what our CIA does, that's collect intelligence overseas. So there was all, there's always been that, um, that argument that should the FBI be split into two organizations, one a domestic intelligence agency, and the other the domestic federal crime investigating agency. Um, have you got a after nine? Well, I, I, I think it works with the FBI having it in, in the same agency um, because it does help prevent something like another 9-11 happening where the two agencies don't talk to each other. There's that Chinese wall between the two where the criminal investigators don't share information with the domestic intelligence agency and vice versa, where they, they hold them to the information when they need to share that information so that they can connect the dots because a lot of terrorism acts raise funds by doing criminal acts. So the criminal side of it needs to have connectivity to the domestic intelligence side of it. So again, those, those connections can be made um, as a result. And, and to put it in larger context, uh, we know also 51 intelligence agency, Obama intelligence agency chiefs and veterans, signed that letter uh, saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was disinformation, knowing full well it was a lie. And they used it as a shield for Joe Biden to lie more in the second and final debate uh, of the presidential <clears throat> debates that year. Uh, we also know that had they not done that, uh, it's very unlikely that Joe Biden would have been elected president. And not a single one of those 51 individuals has come out and apologized or, or admitted they're wrong. Um, yeah, yeah it's, uh, I, I agree. I, I think the Hunter, Hunter Biden laptop um, is one of the greatest cover-ups, you know, down along with the Jeffrey Epstein story, are two of the greatest cover-ups in, in, in American history. Um, and had those 51 people not come out and lied, and that laptop did get the attention that it should have garnered, that I, I agree with you that Biden would not have even gotten close to 81 million votes. You know, I would not have ever imagined, and, and, and I'm hardly, as you might guess, I, I'm hardly naive, but I never imagined there were 51 individuals who could be corralled up from each of the major intelligence agencies of the United States who would affix their names to a letter, a public letter designed to, uh, to push Joe Biden across the finish line. It, it, or any, any partisan act that would be that replete with, including five directors, former directors of the CIA. It's well, still, that, to me, it's just incomprehensible. What well, does that support the, uh, the belief that there is a deep state? And that Trump was exposing that. I mean, I, that, that's the writing on the wall. 
I'm not going to leave my opinion out there on that because uh, I have a business to run. But um, to me, that just reeks of the deep state. And that's, yes. they, yeah, that's they were about to be exposed. They were about to be exposed by Trump and they're, they're rallying the troops, circling the wagons. It is the largest dis- disinformation campaign that I'm aware of ever waged by the United States against the American people. There is Russia, there is China, there is Iran, but no one approaches the United States government at the, in running disinformation campaigns against the American people. It is now wholesale disinformation emanating from the White House, from the Pentagon, from the State Department, the Justice Department, you name it. We are watching it happen every day in Technicolor and live. It is just sickening to witness. Your, your and thoughts? Being support, and, being, and being supported by mainstream media. Yep, absolutely. It couldn't exist without them. Uh, corporate media, by the way, the same corporate media who's taken a side. They've decided they're leftists, Marxist leftists, and that's the direction they're going. Uh, I presume because they want to be uh, in uh, in great proximity to whoever leads the liberal world order uh, it, that succeeds democracy. It is a sad and pathetic time, uh, but one uh, I truly believe yet we will prevail, the American people will prevail, and this republic will come, will emerge stronger, uh, and all of us a lot smarter. I, I want to say, Greg, uh, it's been great talking with you. I thank you for being here. We always conclude uh, with uh, our guests uh, summarizing thoughts, uh, and we always give you the last word. So this is that moment, and uh, if you will. Well, I'm the consummate optimist, Lou, uh, and I, I like your last comments, and I agree with them. I do think that this republic uh, will flourish once again, that the people of America are, are good, wholesome, patriotic Americans that want to sing the Star Spangled Banner. They want to fly the American flag. They know that we are the greatest nation in the history of the earth, and that there are Billions of people throughout the globe that would give their left arm to be an American citizen because they know how great this country is and what it has to offer and the opportunities that this country offers. So I, too, uh, believe that we will come out of the stronger, that the left and the enemies of the state will be exposed, and that we will come out of this stronger, more patriotic, and we'll have learned some very valuable lessons on how quickly and how dangerously close you can get to becoming um, you know, a Venezuela. I mean, look at Venezuela uh, in, in one generation. They went from being one of the most productive economies on earth to where they are today in, in 25 years. So I believe America is still great. It stands strong. It stands ready. And we, we will prevail. Well, thank you very much, Greg. Uh, we thank you so much for being with us, Greg Schaefer. Uh, God bless you, and uh, again, thanks for being with us. Greg Schaefer, uh, the head of the SchaeferSecurityGroup.com. Thanks for being with us today. Please join us here tomorrow when we'll be talking with Mike Davis. Mike is a great American. He's the founder and president of the Article Three Project, defending constitutionalist judges and the rule of law. That's here tomorrow. Please join us. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless 
America.